Catering, a podcast where we talk to people who make stuff about why they make stuff and how they make stuff. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great. Today's a really good day. It is a really good day. It's not raining like it was yesterday. Uh, uh, we uh, just recorded a podcast, yeah. a conversation with some really cool folks. We got to nerd out a little bit and get our fangirl on. I enjoyed <laughs> that. <did. laughs> it is fun. We just spoke with um, Brooke and David of Brain and Brain. Uh, they are game developers. Uh, I was going to say iOS developers, but that's not true because it's on a bunch of platforms. Mm-hmm. With all their games, Doggins and Burly Minute C, yep. or on, was it PlayStation, or- Xbox, Switch? iPad, iOS. yeah, iOS. Everything except Android. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Steam, yeah, you can get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Except Android. Yeah. Screw that. And and <laughs> Microsoft Windows phones. I don't think it's on Windows phones. No. But uh, yeah, they were really cool. They're very nerdy, which you and I both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about Pixar. Making video games, illustrating, dogs, critics. Yeah. <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> and now I need to watch it now, apparently. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got a, to ask them a lot of questions, and they very graciously answered those questions. Yes. And so, enjoy. Because Syracuse is not anywhere near Arkansas. I'm uh, not super No, good, it's like you know. 18 hours. Yeah, no, probably further. No, a couple days. Anyway, yeah, it's far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went down there. I went down to Arkansas for college, actually. So I had this option okay. of either going to Syracuse University in my hometown or this school in Arkansas that my sister had gone to a year before. It's kind of affiliated with the church that I was in growing up and mm-hmm. um, thought it'd be a good opportunity to go away from home and kind of grow up a little bit. And so mm. that's how I found my way down there. And then we... We didn't get together till I was about to graduate, my last semester. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, yeah, is that when you met, or did that just we were you hard headed and you weren't picking up on like no. what she was laying down? And because I we went to Christmas school too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think we met a year prior, but um, didn't. I don't know. You you went overseas. That was part yeah, of it. yeah. And so she was gone a semester, and when she got back, is when we got together. So. Nice. Yeah, you realize what you're missing. (laughs) Where'd you go? I'm just curious. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Australia. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Yeah. like on the eastern, or which cities? Uh, Kind of all over the eastern coast, mostly. Um, And then inland to the outback also. Okay. But she also went to New Zealand and South Korea as part of that trip. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was a good trip. Yes, that sounds amazing. Did you always travel (laughs) as you were growing up, too? Um, Actually, no. That was my first – it might have been my first time flying. Um, It was – so we flew out of Little Rock, and I think just across the country, that was my first time ever flying. Wow. That's (laughs) a long trip, too, for your first plane ride. Yeah. If you're going to do it, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd been, I'd loved Australia my whole life. And so when we had, I had the opportunity to go in college, I was like, well, I'm going to Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. South Korea is just a little 
Sprinkle on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little weekend trip. <laughs> yeah. Where did animation come from, Brooke? Um, well, I guess I got interested in, in animation really after David was working at Disney. Um, did, I think you brought home okay. a book for me, right? <laughs> Yo, actually, that was, I was, an, I was a, a temp at DreamWorks for eight weeks. And oh, when I was there, right. I sat next to an, an animator. And Brooke had been showing interest. And so I asked him, yeah. like, what books or whatever. And he recommended a book that I got for you. And yep. Then, yeah, yeah uh, that was the start. Preston Blair. It was Preston Blair, right yeah. Cartoon yeah. animation. Oh, <laughs> I still on. have it. Do you have it too? <laughs> no, this is the uh, animator survival. Club. I also, that's my favorite. <laughs> that came a little later. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, I just, honestly, I studied it for like, I don't know, two years, but never, I was afraid to try anything and I hadn't done anything. And then we started Doggins and it was just all of a sudden, trial by fire. Um, I just had to learn on the go, and and I don't know how many animations I did for that game, but it I it really taught me quickly. <laughs> Is it all frame by frame, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. that's what I enjoy doing. I could probably do it quicker and easier, but. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to really alienate Courtney a little more? Do it. <laughs> do is it on the ones or twos? Uh, sometimes ones, um, but usually twos. Like walk cycles are usually Yeah, I do. Well, if yeah. I do the players' the animations on ones. On ones. Yes. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> so, David, um, what were you doing at Pixar? I, I think I had assumed animation, but that story made yeah. it sound like that's not what it was. No, no, yes. I'm not an artist at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was in editorial, so yeah. I was, um, I was an assistant editor at Disney and Pixar. So I worked on Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph and some other films. And um, editorial handles... Maybe um, I should go get my kids. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Editorial handles what? I'm uh, sorry. The recording of dialogue, doing sound effects, mm-hmm. music, but also just more importantly, just the way the whole story comes together and, and the timing of the shots. Um, so I was doing all that kind of stuff, and which is really nice because there's probably not a group that works more closely with the director than the editorial team. So mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time just thinking about the story as a whole, but then also how each scene plays um, by itself. So it's a really great learning experience. So yeah. that's what I was doing. And then you just befriended the lowly animators and VFX <laughs> artists. I, you know, I wish I could have done more of that. There wasn't a lot of cross-pollination. I got lucky at DreamWorks where I was working in the training department. Mm-hmm. And so there was sort of like a little bit of everybody was there. So I was actually shooting and editing training videos there um, just temporarily, just for two months. But there was a guy doing animation behind me. There were technical writers around the corner. Like it was just a little bit of everybody. And that was kind of neat because mm-hmm. I really wish I could have met more of the artists. It was it was fun just, just being in that environment. Mm-hmm. You don't ever just sneak in. Like I would just go to the Pixar campus and just like hide behind Luxo and just try <laughs> to like slowly... <laughs> Get your way in there. <laughs> well, it's funny when you visit Pixar, you get a little badge, like a sticker that says uh, "A Stranger from the Outside," just like the aliens in Toy it's Story. It's cute. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I might need you to go hit up that store for me. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but what? Um, so it was a serious accident that got you. But I mean, you guys both seem like you enjoyed where those accidents led you to. Yes. So. <laughs> Like, did you guys grow up enjoying this stuff, or is it just like, oh, well, I'm here now, might as well tackle yeah. on and dig into it? I, I feel like for myself, it's been a series of rediscovering what I loved as a kid that I guess I just forgot or 
maybe thought I couldn't make a living at. Um, So, of course, I drew and wrote stories, usually unfinished stories. (laughs) I've gotten better at that. Um, And I think um, when I went to college, I thought, oh, you can't make a living as an artist. So I'll be, I started in advertising. Um, And then I I went after um, electronic media, which is what David was studying. Um, So it was pretty much video work. Um, And at some point along the way, I I discovered, rediscovered graphic design and Mm -hmm. thought, oh, I'll chase that. And and I didn't have to get, I didn't have to change my major because I was able to take a few classes on the side. Um, And anyway, and then I guess until we discovered games, I didn't realize, oh, I can actually do everything I love now for a living. Um, And animation wasn't something I was interested in as a kid. Um, I think because it's the same reason I didn't know you could make games. It didn't occur to me that, that I could animate. Mm. <laughs> so um, I didn't try it until, you know, like just That's recently. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad way to try something for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> to then turn around and create a hit app that people still play. Right. And then turns into more. And yeah, more. that's been cool. And then, then also keep... games um, were yeah. something that we both loved as a kid. Um, yeah. Are you guys NES fans or Sega fans? NES. <laughs> I have a soft spot for the Sega. I, mean, I like both. But I, I like both, but you always get like the kid that like I asked for NES, but then my grandma gets <laughs> Sega. Should, but we, man, should we turn the, the camera? It's just dude, that game was so hard. Uh, it's so good though. It's so good. I can never get past the carpet levels. <laughs> yes, those were hard. Yeah. But I was I was more of a computer gamer, so I actually didn't grow up with okay. any, any consoles. Um, C DOS run, yeah, I got you. Yeah, so DOS. But then my my parents got me a my sister and I a Mac when I was, man, I probably was like six or seven or something, pretty young. And then one night, so they bought it, and then they were like, "Hey, we're going out to dinner. There's the box. Figure it out." <laughs> and <laughs> and so we did. And you know, it was a Mac, so you could do that. So we we pulled it out yeah. and plugged it in and set it up and started playing with what was on it, and. That computer really allowed me to pursue creativity in a way that I hadn't before. That and Mist, the game Mist. Yeah. So I, I played Mist and was blown away. And then more importantly, though, on the CD-ROM was that making of Mist video. Mm-hmm. And I watched that thing hun- probably hundreds of times. And I was like, oh, okay, so they used this 3D software to make the world, so I'll get the 3D software. And like, oh, they did the sound like this. And oh, they made these cool height maps and then extruded them. That's how they made the island. So I just started making my own... I got Stratavision and started making my own worlds, Mist style. <laughs> and, um, and that really, like I started going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well then I like building worlds. And then I started drawing maps and creating stories around them. And then I was like, well, I think I'll do, I'll make a little video of this. And that got me started video editing. And then I thought, well, <laughs> you know, I guess I want to do visual effects. And it just kept kind of going up until I got to the point where I just wanted to make movies. was kind of where it mm-hmm. went to ultimately. And that's why I went to California. And now I'm back to like making games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Arkansas. Yeah. You and you write stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't beat that. Um, I actually, I'll, I love that documentary too, The Making of Mist. I think it's on YouTube. I'll put the link oh, in sure the show is. notes. Oh, yeah, good, good um, But one aspect that I'm really interested in, at least for David, um, you keep saying the left brain and the not interested, but then the movies thing pops up. And just looking at your Instagram page, is let's see i'm gonna count these there's uh six eight ten twelve pictures of movie stills 
and then a picture of you two, and then <laughs> another <laughs> seven or eight pictures of behind the scenes animation pictures, <laughs> and then a pictures of the woods. So for somebody who doesn't <laughs> consider themselves an artist, your brain still sure works like an artist. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I think, I think I found it took a while to think of myself as a creative person because I never thought okay. of that. I always thought I was like technical, even though I guess I was being more creative at the time, but I, I saw it as technical for some reason, maybe because it was on a computer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but now what I've gotten to be more of is just, I think, a storyteller, and I'll use whatever tools are necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do... Um, I do some screenwriting as well. So I've written a couple features cool. and I'm writing another now. So I try to do that weekly along with making our games. And um, I guess I'm not a visual artist. Maybe is the right way to say it yeah. now, but it took me a while to, to kind of realize I'm a creative person, even though I'm not drawing. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of emphasis put on that, isn't it? On like yeah. the visual arts. Yeah. And rightfully so in a lot of ways, yeah. but there's, especially now, not now. I mean, it's been like you know decades of computer technology, yeah. but but you know those this it's a different way that people who couldn't express themselves with pencil can still express themselves visually. Um, even today was um this will come out in a couple of weeks, but today was WWDC, and um, Apple announced this new. I'm gonna mess the name up. It's part of their AR kit. It's called like um, AR reality, and mm -hmm. now they're going to be releasing. 3D models that people can tweak and then are already animated mm. to people that are creating apps. And just uh. how much more liberating that is for, like, I've seen more graphic designers in the last two weeks play around with AR kit and take what they made on Procreate and, like, actually made the layers um, have, um, what's that where the background moves separately Parallax. from the floor? Parallax. Yeah, 3D parallax effects. Huh. Just running it through like a API that somebody made available to them. So even though that person that made that is not creating that artwork, they're building the platform for them to do it. Um, Courtney, are you okay? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I know I'm taking <laughs> kind of a back seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what I do. <laughs> yes, very similar. We'll just let them talk, the extroverts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that baby snapping turtle? <laughs> I let him go. I just oh, moved good. him out of the trail so he wouldn't get squished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was really? so cute. Uh, but uh, clearly nature is a big part of this for you guys. Yeah. Is that part of the Arkansas appeal too? Yes. Or, I mean, it's yeah. beautiful there. Yeah, we're in a really good spot. The Ozarks yeah. are awesome for outdoor stuff. We We like to hike and... David mountain bikes a lot. I'm, I don't have a bike yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> She'll get one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, like we, we did a lot of hiking too in the Bay Area in California when we lived there. Yeah. We would have to drive like an hour and a half to get there and fight traffic. And it's a little, it's just a lot easier here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When it's your backyard instead of the national park. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Is mountain biking the most high adventure sport you've done this far? I saw the picture on your Instagram, David, of the <laughs> park that you went to. That seems intense oh, to oh, me. The, the bike park? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's definitely the most. I'm I'm not a thrill seeker. Actually, that's Brooke. Um, <laughs> nice. She's, she's jumped out of an airplane and done bungee jumping. 
I know what for me. I don't even like roller coasters. So mountain biking is definitely <laughs> the most like yeah, it's 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 the craziest thing I've I've done. And it kind of came about by accident, but moving here, it's funny, this area has become a big almost like a capital for it. One of the probably top five places in the country, Northwest Arkansas has become. And they're just building trails left and right hundreds of miles a year, it seems like. And so they're building it faster than we can ride it. And so I just <laughs> tried it when we moved here because I had a, an old junky mountain bike and just fell in love with it. So I, I'm really enjoying it. really surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've gotten hurt a couple times. You know, if you keep scrolling that Instagram feed, you'll probably find some, <laughs> some of my injuries. True. <laughs> Ditches. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Got 15 stitches last year, but, you know, I'm still riding. <laughs> yeah. Don't let a little Just failure get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Because the thing that I love about your games is that it is that quiet adventure. So I guess I assumed that like from all of your nature pictures that it was mainly looking at turtles. It makes me really happy right. to hear that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, the thing I liked about it is that you're noticing the little whimsical wonders of life and not necessarily um, thinking about racking up points. And it's almost right. like meditative. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's totally what we're going for. Oh, cool. Because how long did that take for you to kind of find that direction that you wanted? Because I saw it as early as Doggins. Is that the first time we used Quiet Adventure? Yeah, I think it was. Um, it just, honestly, we, we didn't really try to develop it. I think it was kind of an observed thing um, of what we were making. It just, it just sort of, I guess it came out of who we are, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once we realized that we embraced it, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> this is me being an introvert. No, like. you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our, our games aren't, you know, they're not flashy and they're not epic journeys. They're, they're smaller than that, mm -hmm. but there's, there are still adventures in your own right. You know, even if you're like Doggins and it's dreaming about going to the or is it? I don't know. But, um, mm. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that's just that's what we try to do. Not even try. It's just sort of naturally what we do with our lives. Like we're always yeah. just out there exploring the nooks and crannies mm -hmm. uh, as best we can. It was amazing to me, too, how and this is a testament to your motion work, too. But how much is communicated by just the slightest little motions that you don't actually need language to convey? And oh, yeah, the, how minimal it is, but it communicates so much. Um, was that also something that was really important to you whenever you were crafting the game? I think so. A lot of the, the minimalism came from um, being a graphic designer before. Um, so I guess I've just learned to think like that. Um, but yeah, I just really, I have a lot of respect for simplicity in um, movement and economy of line and, and all of that. And so... I, I guess it is something that I'm working toward, working to be better at. So, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, Zach saw he, on your Instagram that you're even showing motion in your most recent post where you're drawing something, but also seeing how it would move. Do you yeah. do that with a lot of, or I guess talk a little bit about your side projects too, because it's so interesting to me that you're always dabbling in different things. Like, do you almost need that in order to fulfill your creative? drive and not get stale or how do side yeah. projects like that feed you um so I like to do side projects to, to help with burnout um I try to do things that are not like what I'm doing um full-time 
um, mm. because it like I, I I like to do web design also web development because it's totally different than drawing or animating or anything like that. But um, the the photo you saw was um, from I haven't told many people that I'm I'm working on a graphic novel. Um, mm. That's what I I'm saying now, although it hasn't gotten very far. Um, uh, I, I guess I, it's a little scary for me because I've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to see how the character can move, um, if it's something I'm going to be able to do in a minimal style. Um, yeah, so, so I thought an animation would... I, I just love animating, for one, but also I thought an animation would help me work that out for the character design. That makes sense because, yeah, you're going to have the character at all different angles. It's almost right. like a 2D animation in a way, I would assume. Yeah. Drawing yeah. a character. Oh, that's really cool. Are you, whenever you do side projects like that and um, you put them in print, do you tend to commercialize it at the end and like sell it? Or does it start off as a passion and you're kind of testing it out, like you said, just to make um, sure it works with that end goal? So I, I think for most of these, I, I think for side projects at least, I want them to start as a passion um, because I don't want the pressure of like, will this will this be something that people like? I just want it to be something I like. And then, mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm happy with it, then we'll see at the end. Um, but especially with this story that I'm working on, I just, I want it to be able to be whatever it can be. And I don't want to think about having to sell it. So um, mostly keeping it separate from Brain and Brain now, but um, I'm sure it'll end up tying in with the rest eventually because that's how it goes for us. Yeah. But um, yeah, you'll get a spark eventually <laughs> yeah, for a right. new project. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've already had some ideas that it, it would be a really cool world to explore for a game. And I was like, no, don't think that right now. Just make the story. <laughs> well, we'll release the graphic novel and then the game can be the tie-in. Oh, there you go. It'll be just a master, <laughs> a master marketing plan. There you go. <laughs> Throwing some iMessage stickers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Netflix show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is more of a bigger picture question, but what does it feel like to have created a game in Doggins that sort of set a path in video game culture that has become more of a zeitgeist issue? Like, I feel a lot of, um, quiet adventure is not, not to steal your term, but also to kind of steal a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> that quieter, meditative, focused game is all of the good games I've played in the last mm-hmm. five or six years. Mm-hmm. I feel like it started at that point, not maybe not exactly with you guys, at least with Doggins and with your contemporaries that came out. Like since then, we've had like that Dragon Cancer mm-hmm. kind of fits in the same mold as that, and then uh, Little Nightmares. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are from, and then. Um, Night in the Woods, that kind of story-driven, quiet, focused, not killing everybody. Yeah. And actually <laughs> maybe learning a little bit about yourself. But I can see a lot of it f- starting in that group. What is that? What are you guys hoping will come from that kind of game and story that you're putting out? Um, oh, that's a big question. Yeah. You know, when we were doing, well, it's hard to remember like what we were thinking when we were making Doggins, but there is a, 
Because it came out in 2014. When did you start working yeah, on it? We started it in 2012, in April 2012. Okay. And then, so I was working full time at Pixar that whole time we were making it. Um, so it just progressed pretty slowly. And Brooke was still doing contract work. So it took about two years, even though it's fairly short. But um, I guess two, two things I would say. One is that with one of the great things that games can do, at least in my experience, some of the most memorable games I've played, is they set a tone and an atmosphere really really well that you get to inhabit and and because you get to move at your own pace one of the things like oh okay here's an example at one point in doggins you could double tap and doggins would run instead of walk and we had that in there and it was working just fine but we pulled it out because we didn't want the player to move around so fast mm-hmm. and because it broke the feel we were going for um it might have been more convenient and maybe i don't know maybe more fun in a way to play or at least less frustrating maybe but but it broke that tone and that sense of place. And I guess everything we were doing in that game was just kind of, it had that quiet tone and um, enforced this idea of, of slowing down and exploring. And we carried that on to Burley Minute C, um, even as it became more complicated. And we're carrying it on further to Wood and Nickel. And tone, but tone aside, what we're really mostly interested in is, is interactive storytelling because it's a nut that hasn't been cracked yet you know mm-hmm. every like night in the woods is a great example as there are several of the others that you you talked about of pushing the boundaries of interactive storytelling and one of the ways we're trying to push that is giving the player agency over the story but still communicating a story to the player and that's a contradiction mm-hmm. you know it when you I, personally i, I may i think this this is for Brooke too, that we're not the kind of artists that want to put something out there and just say it's totally open interpretation and it's whatever you want it to be. And there's, there's, place, there's, a room, there's a place for that. But for us, like, we're trying to communicate something, you know, and a yeah. feeling, a, a story, an idea. And, um, but the more control you give a player over that story, the less likely it is you're communicating your own idea. Because, you know, in the most like emergent storytelling games, like a Stardew Valley or something, not that I've, I actually, I've actually played it, but... Um, <laughs> the, the player <laughs> the player is kind of making their own story by living their life right and so you have to kind mm-hmm. of look back and construct it and that's that's great that's a great experience um, a great kind of experience but what we're trying to figure out is how can you give the player the, the ability to control the story but yet still be communicating with the player side by side and mm-hmm. so with Burley Mendesee that took the approach of allowing you to, to, to branch through the story but the story still had a, a, a structure to it that was set by us and um, and then Wooden Nickel is going kind of off the deep end of that idea where we're generating, <laughs> like, we're just having to write tons of stuff that you may never see, but so that but it's there so that you can explore and push the edges more than you would normally be able to in a in a linear story driven game. So, yeah. um, and there's still going to be interesting combinations that maybe we didn't think of. Like you do something in a certain sequence, or um, you know, you'll you'll find the, that kind of those emergent stories as well. But hopefully, we're still communicating stories to you, even as we give you control. Sorry, that was long winded, but that was a good answer. Yeah, that was <laughs> a really good. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the comparisons? Uh, I think with what you just said, and also kind of games in this genre, this kind of vibe that we're talking about. I see a lot of people saying that it's like choose your own adventure stories, but that almost seems a simplification of what might be in your heart when you're <laughs> when you're making it 
Yeah, there's a, well, why don't you, since you wrote better than no, me, okay, continue. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind that comparison necessarily. It's a nice shorthand. So at least people kind of get the idea of what they're doing or what, what they're getting into. I think hopefully as we go on, it's, become, it's going to become a less apt comparison. Because mm-hmm. ideally, if, we, if, we're, if we're working hard enough at it, making it complex enough, you'll never know that you're making all the choices. You know, because even yeah. in Braille and we didn't put go to page 20 mm-hmm. if you want to do this and go to page 15 if you want to do that. Or yeah. the game equivalent, right? Which would be like press A for this and press B for that. We just allowed you to make a choice. And sometimes players would play and have no clue they were making choices. They just were playing. And that for us is perfect because yeah. then you're living the game, you know, you're on some level, you're, you're inhabiting it such that you don't even, you're just taking actions. And, and wood and nickel is a little less that, but it's more complex. So the choices are more obvious, but there are more, many more of them that lead to deeper places. So, you know, hopefully as time goes on, that'll be less of an apt comparison, I guess, yeah. but I don't mind it I, I, right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I mean, even Netflix is ripping off that, yeah, that right. model right now. Right, which is um, interesting. You could almost like port Burley Menacee to Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you Netflix, <laughs> like the Netflix. second time this is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Only I knew someone there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to pretend to call him, but if anybody right. here knew someone at Netflix, it's you. Um, have you guys ever heard of the card game Mal? No. Uh, it's a card game where no one knows the rules except for the dealer. Huh. There's like four or five rules, and then the rest of them are all house rules. But if you break the rule, then you get punished. You get a card, or you have to do laps around the house or something. Uh, like that. But that's basically, it reminded me a lot of that. So you're kind of Which discovering is, the rules as you play. Yeah. The dealer knows what they are, right. but no one else knows. Hmm. It's kind of the, yeah, and you don't know if you broke the rules or not. But, um, how uh <laughs> spin totally around from that how uh how's movie writing going um pretty well i guess yeah. uh, <laughs> i mean i haven't made any money on it but uh you know um, i mean I'm, all that wga dues you gotta pay <laughs> i thought you know that I, I, to get off track briefly uh all the writers had to fire all their agents and i thought oh yeah. this could be a great opportunity because I'm, I'm not in the wga so the agent could hire i could hire an agent no problem yeah. um, so far nothing's come of that but uh, <laughs> but it's you know it's a fun it's a fun hobby and maybe it'll lead somewhere maybe it won't but at the same time i'm i'm becoming a better storyteller so yeah you know, i mean there's a couple of game right. ideas you got right there already in the bank right mm-hmm. um yeah courtney it's your turn my turn <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to I have just curiosities but not segmenting from what we're talking about but it's fun to throw under the bus <laughs> I don't get to do this very often yeah <laughs> <laughs> I noticed or I don't know if this is just a sense of what I get from your working schedule but you seem very regimented and intentional and organized about how your process is so I was wondering what does your your entire timeline look like is it pretty amorphous for how do you develop a game or is it like you're just going with your ideas and then all of a sudden you have the end date in mind um so that's kind of part one of my question but then part two is that I noticed that you I think you were testing out different routines for your week Mm -hmm. and how that plays into it too yeah um so our, the way we develop games, I guess we've started to have a routine for our development now because this is the third one, so <laughs> we're getting the hang of it. Um, but we 
we really, we start with an idea. We try to get to a point where we feel comfortable beginning to make content. Um, and then when we start to make the content, we just move straight ahead from the beginning to the end of the story um, because we make narrative games. Um, so when we show the games, we actually have like a piece of the beginning to show usually. Um, a lot of other kinds of games will do a vertical slice where it, it, it shows, it's, it's maybe not from the beginning of the game, but it shows like a good section of um, all the gameplay that you can experience in the game. Um, but yeah, so we don't have a we don't have a release date when we start. Um, we don't really even. I think internally we don't even do that anymore. We don't try to guess too much. Yeah, we have a general idea it, yeah. um, because we learned we were really bad at guessing release dates. Most games um, are really terrible. Um, but we just we work toward a general release I guess like a like season a or a, yeah a window of release mm -hmm. and then um what we've tried with our our work schedule we work a normal um five-day work week um but and originally it was just normal full-time hours we did consider um taking our weekend in the middle of the week instead mm -hmm. um because you like nobody's on the trails hiking that day yeah. and that sort of thing um but it just, it, it turns out it's weird to be um, working on the weekend when no one else is and to also be off when no one else is. <laughs> um, and so we, we really fell back into more of a normal schedule. Um, but what we've been experimenting with is doing um, half days on, oh, cool. we're currently doing it three days a week, although that varies when we have crunch going on <laughs> um, with any deadlines looming. But um we, we try to work mornings and then go for a run and then use our, our afternoon for just life. Um, and then another thing we've been experimenting with is on Fridays, uh, we call it our 20% day. Um, and it's, it's an idea that I think Google started, um, but it's, it's the idea is that it's 20% of your time to use to uh, work on any other kind of project besides what you're normally working on during the week. Um, so that's where that's David usually uses that for screenwriting. Um, okay. I nice. just use it for anything that yeah, <laughs> that feels that like feels I need screen. that week. Yes, because <laughs> it feels like that way. There, your work time is in smaller chunks. To where you said, like you don't burn or burn out as easily, but I would imagine that it seems more fun every time if it's in smaller increments like that. To where yeah. it doesn't seem like work anymore. Is that? Sure. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. It's nice to be able to stop when you still like don't want to quit working when you actually are excited about what you're doing and you can't wait to get up the next day and work on it again. That's that's really nice. Um, as opposed to being like three o'clock in the afternoon and you're just like, oh, I really, really don't want to go back to this and then just drag it out through the rest of the day. Um, yeah. So it's been it's been good. Yeah, to keep that spark in the game, too, because I bet it would show if. I mean, yeah. work that I haven't been necessarily excited about, it kind of shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're totally right. Um, I have more of, I'm the logistical question person. <laughs> I just have more <laughs> logistical questions about sure. like. I don't know if you saw her name, that's on her name tag. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my middle name. Yeah. But at this point, are you um, surviving mainly off the of sales of your previous games and then also your like your side projects or for those people 
because I have curiosities too about like, oh, wow, you can do your passion and make money at it. How does that even work um, versus doing graphic design and marketing as a more, quote unquote, safe, stable way of life? Um, so what does that picture kind of look like? Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we are living off of sales of our, our previous games primarily. Um, and that is a little bit scary. You got to be really careful because sales ebb and flow a lot, you know, um, like they'll pick up in the summer and then go down in this, in the winter and that sort of thing. And older games, just like older, anything music or movies or any kind of media just don't, don't sell as much. There has to be a reason for it to suddenly, you know, come back to the top and, and start being in front of people again. So well, we've been very lucky and, and blessed in that regard. So last year we had a pretty good year and that's given us, um, you know, if we manage the, that little resource properly, we can last longer before, uh, you know, before mm -hmm. whatever. It gives us more time to develop wood and nickel and more time to maybe wait for a, the right kind of, um, publishing partner or something like that, you know, it gives mm -hmm. us more options. So we're, yeah, we're very lucky that that's what we're able to do. We do a little bit of contract work, but it's usually if it's a friend or a project we really want to do. Um, but we try not to as much as possible just so we can stay focused. Mm -hmm. You don't let kind of like your income dictate the product that you're making. So you have kind of more of that safety. Yeah. Imagine. We're lucky to not have, yeah, to be in that position. Yeah. At the same time, like, it is a little bit limiting. So when we, this earlier this year, we were getting Wood and Nickel ready to show at the Game Developers Conference. And so we had to put a bunch of our money, our own money into it to get some sound and music for the game so that, you know, you could actually play it and it feels polished. Um, and if we had more resources, we'd probably do more of that and it would be more polished earlier on. But, but we're just, you know, kind of working forward and, and just keeping ourselves going and then we'll take care of that later is sort of our current mindset. Cool. Yeah. I, thanks for sharing that. Cause I just, I think it's really sure. interesting to be transparent of how these things are made and, and how you can support yourself whenever you choose to take the leap to take this risk. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I bet it, was it scary in the beginning whenever you're deciding to quit everything? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was something I had tried to talk David into for years. And I'm pretty sure at some point I probably even cried, like, come on. And um, he, when he finally decided that he was going to quit Pixar, I was just like, oh, wait, this is serious now. And then I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> We're really doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Dawkins was nice because it was just a total side product. You know, we, we didn't need the income from it. And so the fact, in fact, we were planning on it not doing, we figured it'd be put on the app store. No one would see it. We'd make a few hundred dollars and that'd be the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we made, we didn't make a ton of money on it, but we made some, and that helped give us some runway so that when I did quit Pixar, we could support ourselves for a while. And that, that made us feel okay about like, okay, well, if we can support ourselves long enough to make this next game, and that does something great. And if it doesn't do something, I'll just go back and get another job. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, did you start going to conferences right away? Or was that later with Burly Minute C mainly? We did a few. For we, we started with um, South by Southwest for with Doggins. It yeah. was right when we were releasing the game, actually. Yeah, we were on the South by Southwest floor the day the game came out. Which yep. was kinda cool. Yeah. Nice. So we did a couple shows for Doggins. We did mm -hmm. a lot of shows for Burning Minnesota. Yeah, we'll probably cut back a little bit and not quite do so many with um, Wind Nickel. Yeah. Just try to, to hit the good ones. Yeah. 
now that you, I mean, I'd imagine you're building the reputation too with people that you don't have to do as much marketing as you did before, or is that? Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully, yeah. And then it's also you, you kind of realize what marketing is more useful and what's less maybe. Mm-hmm. And so um, shows are very useful on a lot of levels. Um, but you, like, like Rick was saying, you kind of need to be a little cheesy about them. If, if you want, you know, if, you, if you're trying to manage resources, right? If you have all the money in the world and you just enjoy it, go for it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any, or through this process, I guess in the last couple of years too, since Doggins, did you ever have your own fangirl moment where it just kind of hit you? Or maybe you went to a, a conference that you never thought you'd go to? Yeah, for I mean, both of you. <laughs> yeah, um, but we met really cool people through this, um, had a lot of, I mean, everything that happens feels like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like no one to tell about it. Right, like, yeah, no we just tell each other. We got to show up early minute see a SIGGRAPH in LA, which was really cool, because I, I grew up hearing about that, that, it's a computer graphics conference, and I grew up hearing about that, and always thought it would be cool to go so being able to be there and show my game was pretty neat um we met rand miller the, one of the creators of mist which was pretty awesome oh, wow. um yeah which is that was really cool yeah, we've, we've met a lot of cool we've people a that's been a, people. that's been exciting a lot of the lucasarts um, people whose games i grew up playing so yeah. uh it's been pretty special yeah way way bigger than we ever would have guessed you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um you're up. <laughs> yes. My turn. Why, why Apple and not Android? Mm. Well, we're we're Apple users ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're Apple users. Well, I we were kind of like extreme with Doggins. So Doggins yeah. was originally iPad only. It wasn't even on iPhone. Yeah. And um, not only not Android, but not even phones. And so, which is a bad idea. Don't that was do that. Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, but we learned from that and released yeah. on iPhone. Um, you know, Android obviously is a giant market, but for developers, and we're not the only ones who've experienced this, many, many, many developers have, it's just hard to make any money on. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least with the kinds of games we make, with, with premium kind of story-driven experiences. Um, it seems like free-to-play does quite well there. But um, it's hard to get the attention and get people to, to want to pay for it. It's what it kind of boils yeah, down like, to. How would you have in-app purchases in Doggins? Right. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Different yeah, I mean, color like, scarves or something? I don't know. Yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like the best we could think of was doing a demo and then you buy the rest of the game or something. And and for our games, our games are short enough that that just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And so, I know... I know piracy is a big, de- you know, it's a big deal everywhere, but Android is just so much easier to just pull yeah. the, a- the APK off and then send it to your friend. And yeah. Yep. You can't really do that on, I mean, sure it's on the iPhone, but much smaller numbers. And then which Android do you develop for? Cause like Android yeah. nine, Android nine has what? Like 8% adoption rate where like iOS 12 has like 86%. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fragmentation is a big before. deal, and there's just two of us and only one programmer, and so it's it's hard. Like it's amazing, I guess, in a way that we put our games on as many platforms as we have, and so yeah. Um, and you we, guys were quick to jump on the switch too. You guys pretty quick. Not quick. We missed enough. the first wave. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it Burly Men in one of the Treehouse clips when they did the indie stuff? 
No, I, no, at no. least not that we know of. It would have been awesome. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Um, I'll, we, we I'll see if I could. Though. Yeah. If you find it, let us know. <laughs> I'll, see if we, I'll see if we can get Bowser to get you in there. <laughs> Courtney, we love I don't know if you know the uh, the North American Nintendo president's last name is Bowser. Oh Just, yeah. <laughs> <it's> pretty. <laughs> what? Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can do a rapid fire nerd question. Favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, oh, that's a hard question. Trat, I guess, but I'm I'm warming up to a new hope as I get older. Yeah, mm-hmm. Doug Doug Bowser, that's his name. Oh yeah. Well, can you imagine having that name? Like, <laughs> you, you know, you can change it. When he got there, there was like a big Bowser sit, like a Bowser stuffed animal sitting in the seat. It is, <laughs> it is Perfect. Courtney's more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan, right? Um. I'm neutral to both. <laughs> Don't shun me. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I started watching War of Next Generation. I grew up on that show watching it uh-huh. with my dad. So that has more fond memories. And then um, I was younger whenever the new Star Wars games came out. And this is going to be horrible. But I was like one of those kids who liked Jar Jar Binks because I was the target audience for it. <laughs> that's, yep, that's why he did it. He actually, George Lucas wasn't wrong. It was just, we weren't, the older kids were not his target. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. and then we would play that on the playground. Um, <laughs> then him dating me. <laughs> I feel like you're like two seconds away from a George Jar impersonation and I don't want to run away from it. <laughs> me. I want to play in this space for a second. Misa. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I heard that. I'm good. <laughs> I wonder if he'll show up in Galaxy's Edge. There's a pod racer know. there. I don't think they're going to have a <laughs> there. I think Disney's allergic to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite Disney movie, Brooke? Oh. Mm. I used to always say Aladdin. I have yeah. not seen the live action Aladdin. I mean, the original. Um, but yeah, it's gotten harder. I guess I I really thought Tangled was awesome as far as modern Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, 100, 101 Dalmatians is also very good as far as the classics go. Okay. Favorite movie your husband's worked on? <laughs> uh, Tangled. Tangled. <laughs> That'll do it too. Favorite video game? Favorite video game that came out before 1995? Uh, Missed easily. Okay. Yeah. Ocarina of Time. Dang it, that was so easy. Why did I ask that question? (laughs) Uh, Favorite Pokemon game? The originals, red and blue. I've never played them. Never? They weren't on PC, so. (laughs) My first Pokemon game was a emulated version of pokemon green ah. so mm-hmm, so i was playing in japanese before yeah. it came out in america oh, that's cool. i couldn't understand any of it um, that's awesome. i don't like piracy and i have two game developers that we're talking to so i'm not going to push piracy too much but also i don't i saw someone on twitter say this and it's true i don't think i'd be a designer today if i hadn't pirated photoshop when oh, i was in high school sure that's like everybody yeah. right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Adobe got me in the end because that Creative Cloud's oh, yeah. not cheap. No. So. I, do you live in the same place where you guys work? 
We do, yeah. yeah. yeah very cool. Eventually, we'd like to have at least like a hallway separating it or like an outbuilding or something that feels like we actually go to work instead of just <laughs> being in the same room for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it has. You guys, oh, go ahead. No, mine was dumb. You go ahead. I was just going <laughs> to talk more about your house. <laughs> I just think it's really. Um, well, you're such good story crafters, and so you you craft this magical story about your house and where you live, too. And did you have kind of, I guess I want to know the story of how you found it, or if if there is one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny story. Um, so when we first checked out the town that we live in now, Fayetteville, um, we were driving around, uh, we were looking at places to, to live, um, and we passed this huge old looking building and I was just like, that's a pretty cool building. It seems like an old mill and I wonder if you can live in it. So we drove around it and we walked up to the door and all we could see were offices. So we were like, ah, it's too bad. It would be a cool place to live. And then, um, I, I don't know how much longer it was, maybe like later in the week, um, we were checking out another apartment. And the landlord who was showing us around was like, I also have this other place. I'll show you guys. You probably won't be interested, but I'll go ahead and show you. And he pulls up to the mill building that we've been looking at. And we're like, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, like, so, oh, yeah. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we really didn't like the apartment we were supposed to be shown. But no. We liked the one he showed us by yeah. accident. So here, here we are. Yeah. yeah that's Top floor of a mill. <laughs> Is there part of it that's still functioning or no, where's all that office? And, and we're not even space. really sure what kind of a mill it used to be. I think it was a Campbell's soup mill. At oh, one wow. point. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't so know what you like mill yeah. still like a <laughs> for big soup. Concrete pad out back where a silo used to be. So okay. yeah, there's yeah. like ghost yeah. of noodles. floating. Dry and crackly ghost. That sounds like another game. <laughs> a ghost story. <laughs> what is your question, Zach? Oh, I don't know. I just like hanging out with you guys. I just keep going. <laughs> well, we like you too. <laughs> I want to try to not alienate Courtney too much because in a past life, uh, a couple years ago, I was an IT director at a small college in Georgia. And I'm now a motion designer and animator freelance. And so we could go off on a lot of tangents that she probably <laughs> wouldn't understand what we were talking about. And I'm trying to keep it at least interesting for her. How are we doing so far, Courtney? I think you're great. You can go down that path. Someone in our audience will enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think anyone would enjoy hearing us talk about time charts. <laughs> I mean, as much as I... I don't know what enjoy, that is. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, I may be using the wrong term for it, but it's when you um, you map out your oh, frames. Oh, sorry. Yeah, expose your sheet. Sorry. You I thought it? you were talking about a programming it's, thing, and I was like, I'm, I don't know either. So. An, uh, an XG? No. Expose an XG? Expose your sheet, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that okay. makes more sense. In feature animation, you know, they usually call it XGs, but it probably yeah. differs. No, it's all the same thing. It's, you know, my walk frame is going to be 12 frames. My walk cycle is 12 frames, so... You know, the downbeats yeah. are on the twos and then yep. want to make his hair swish on the four. <laughs> um, are you usually doing the ones and twos for your games? Or are you doing more of this like stuff that D- Disney doesn't have a lot of? That's my go to cartoon thing, because my kids think that I let them watch cartoons for them. But it's really 
<laughs> me enjoying it. And there's a lot. Of, that's the only place it seems to be. There's hand drawn stuff. Cartoon Network does some. Nickelodeon's almost all in Moho and Flash right now. Oh. But like, um, Star versus the Forces of Evil is on Disney. Steven Universe on Cartoon Network. I think those are two hand drawn shows. <laughs> Courtney's nodding at that one. She knows <laughs> Steven Universe. <laughs> and they're just all over the place with their uh, just their timing. Mm. It's they're really loosey goosey with it. There's mm. another one. It's um, KO versus the Forces of Evil, which is done by a lot of people who used to work on Steven Universe, and they're literally changing styles mm. in the middle of shows. Huh. So, cool. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the more 2D, the better. <laughs> yeah. Do you, are you guys watching anything? Like, when do you have time to do anything? Why am I asking <laughs> people to watch TV? Well, we don't even have cable. We just have an antenna, so we don't get most <laughs> of those stations. <laughs> no. Um, no, no Netflix, no nah, Amazon, nothing. nothing. We we get stuff from the library or, yeah. or yes. buy, usually. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of samurai films lately. That's yeah. our new thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're this like like if it's connected to star wars in georgia we did excited about it. that's why we yeah. started watching kurosawa films right well was, i wanted yeah. to watch some but wanted, we picked yeah. hidden, fortress hidden fortress because, because of yeah, yeah for sure nice. yeah. but now we're, it's leading us down weird directions yeah yep it's been fun <laughs> <laughs> like weird like you're having weird dream kind of connections or well, you know, are you going to end up like in Korean revenge films? Like you're going to watch like the risk, the audition soon. Or there is this the really right one weird in? Korean Western called the good, the bad and the weird. Have you ever heard of that? I have I not. It's, it's bizarre, but it's cool. yeah. is it, where does it fall with like Kung Fu hustle and Shaolin soccer and those kind of, I've never seen like, I can't say. They're more know. like comedy Kung Fu. Kind yeah. Of this was just surreal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Give but me right the synopsis. Oh, I don't honestly I don't remember. I saw it so long ago. But <laughs> but right now we're watching there's a whole series of um samurai films about this guy called Zatuichi. And he's a okay. blind masseuse who's also an expert swordsman. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> and yes. they did they did twenty five of these movies in the sixties and seventies, all with the same guy. I think they did one a year or maybe even more than one a year. I don't know. But, and we have to watch at least the 20 because that's where Mifune shows up. Yeah, from. well, that's where Kurosawa's film shows up and fights him in one movie. It's Zakuichi uh, versus Yojimbo. So we got to watch, you got to work our way up to that one. So we've got like 17 to go. You can do it. When does Clint Eastwood show up? Like, I'm sure Clint Eastwood Yeah, up. right. He should. Yeah. Um, Walker, Texas Rangers in there at some point. <laughs> Godzilla shows up again. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. Yeah, put that I one mean, in the show notes. That's a mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> But no, yeah, that Star Wars runs deep. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of weird kung fu movies, Courtney. Courtney, did you ever get into kung fu movies? No. But I samurai <laughs> admire films. how much you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I love Star Wars, like I had the Star Wars Monopoly game. It came out in like 93. Yeah, yeah. I think I had two or three different versions of the cassette tapes, the VHS tapes growing up. Wow. The special edition, the non-special edition. The THX the, edition, yeah. Yeah, all, <laughs> and then 
And then to grow up as an adult and realize that they're all rip off of Japanese movies is just... <laughs> <laughs> homage. They're all homages. homage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With with robot and then giant furry things in it. It's just kind of you have to you have to reconcile with that as an adult. Everything is a, everything is a remix, I guess. Right. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we're ripping off. I'm not really sure yet, but there's I'm sure there's yeah. gonna be something uh, far from home. Or, no, what was the movie with the golden retriever and the oh, pit bull and the cat? Uh, Homeward Bound. There you yeah. go. That's, that's with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> the Frighteners? No, I love that. Not. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, have you seen those movies? Yes. I don't yeah. remember them very well, though. Well, the first yeah, one you said. I don't either. Homeward Bound. Yeah. And there was another one called the... Beethoven. Oh, yeah. That Beethoven. I remember. Hold on, guys. What's Beethoven about, Courtney? I don't remember. <laughs> It was a dog, and I was too young to know. Who, who was the dog? Miss Doubtfire? Yeah, Miss Doubtfire oh, is the dog. Is Robin Williams? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> You're just trying to troll me. <laughs> Beethoven the dog. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I don't look it up. anything about that movie. It's just the same thing. I liked it. I yeah. yeah, it was 92. Yeah, was like yeah. A scary, scary man. A year before that Jurassic guy. Park. What'd you say? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Oh. <laughs> it was like a scary doctor guy or something. I just remember trying mm. to kidnap. That sounds oh, like goodness. a nice yeah. yeah. Trying to corral the villain. <laughs> yeah. Were you That's guys? the same oh, go ahead. year Adventurers came out. Or Rescuers Down Under came mm. out in 92. Did it really? I think so. A year before That's Jurassic weird. Park. Huh. Maybe Rescuers was 89. Rescuers was actually... Um, developed with a Pixar animation system before Pixar was Pixar. Wow. So there's this opening shot where they fly through the outback towards Ayers Rock. And yeah. all, all that was done with the, the CAPS system, which is like a computer-assisted, I forget what it stands for, but it was like it was like a way to do coloring in the computer that Pixar made oh, nice. for, for Disney under contract before Pixar ever made Toy Story. They were just like trying to stay afloat. So they made that was stuff. And, down on, and Down Under. Down not Under, the, yeah, yeah, not the original. The Rescuers came out in 77. Down Under came out in 90. 90. So I was right right in the <laughs> middle of this. But The Rescuers is the one that has the scene of the porn lady in the window. When they're right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I think it, might only, it might have been taken out of the home video. Uh, I think it was. I wonder if they'll put it back for, put it back for Disney Plus. Just You'll have to like verify your age before you watch The yeah. Rescuers. Yeah. <laughs> so you remember the weird thing on the front of Little Mermaid? Then you can sign up for this. <laughs> oh God! Now I got to explain that the delayed no. laugh from you guys in the don't, corner. Don't do right it! There. No, I'm not no. talking about okay. <laughs> all those Disney artists having fun at children's expense. <laughs> yeah, how did they get away? Oh, Disney in the '90s. It was so good and so so weird. <laughs> I interrupted you earlier, Courtney. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, nothing. About how much you love Jurassic Park? I keep outing <laughs> myself. You guys talk about movie <laughs> things and now. <laughs> I never saw it. Those things are too scary whenever I was younger. I need to watch it now that I'm older. The fifth I just did, did recently. So. You did? Okay. Yeah, I hadn't seen Jurassic Park either until like, I still, what, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So I have company because it, things like that, um, Bambi really freaked me out when I was little. Ah. So I need to finish that as so an adult. Bar, 
the bars down here. <laughs> yeah, but, um, Those I, early Disney movies were kind of scary. Yeah. Like, like Pinocchio 2. Mm-hmm. Fox yeah. and the Hound couldn't yeah. get past the first five minutes when they had the spider web appears and like the bear. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and overall, the tone of that story, just like even as a little kid, <laughs> made so me pretty sad. sad. Yeah. What were your favorites growing up? Dang it, this isn't comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask you a question again? Sorry. What were? Or what were your some some of your favorite Disney movies growing up? Homeward Bound, to be honest, was up there. I know yeah. I watched that like a million times. I think I didn't really connect so much with the animation stuff until until Pixar films, really. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I watched them, of course, and I liked Aladdin and Lion King. Aladdin was probably my favorite growing mm-hmm. up. Um, but then, like, when Pixar just had a string of incredible like from Ratatouille, Wally up, Toy Story 3, it was on like four years. They did like a masterpiece a year for four years. And yeah. that's what made me really want to want to work there. Those are like, Ratatouille is probably my favorite movie of all time. Maybe. It's close. And then up too is probably, it's easily top five. I mean, it's just a super affecting story. Mm-hmm. And really um, funny too. It's like, it walks that line between the two so well. I always get bummed out when people say that the opening of Up is the saddest thing they've ever seen. Because, yeah, that part's really sad, the miscarriage part. But it was also a really great love story yeah. in that yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the miscarriage part sucks, but to put all of their worth on that says a lot about how you view women and what their point is. Mm. Anyway. But it's just a beautiful yeah. montage. You know, it was funny. When I was working at Pixar, one of the one of the girls, or one, it was a woman, but she was working on the editorial team for Up. And as they were working on that montage, they kept calling her in to watch it. And they, and every time they would that she watched it, if she still cried, they knew it was still working. <laughs> so it was like they were just sort of torturing her as they reworked that montage over and over. And it, it originally yeah. had sound effects throughout. Um, and then they eventually just decided to drop them out and, sure. and just let Michael Giacchino's score just... Yeah, because now I'm thinking of the sound effects and how horrifying some of them might have been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The zoo part. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, You didn't work on Good Dinosaur, did you? A smidge. The the roller coaster? Just barely. Yeah. That that was an interesting movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I still have toys... Well, my kids have toys of characters that are no longer in the movie. Oh, oh, really? So there's yeah. some actually came out. Oh, that's. I think yeah, I think a couple of them mm-hmm. are. There's reference on the artwork on the back to like a triceratops sure. that's not in the movie because all that has to be done a year or more before the movie yeah. comes out, and that movie. So I they, was there when they put all hands they, on deck and reworked it. And was it twice? It was reworked or just the once? Yeah. Because at first it was the store. It was the city story. Like the dinosaurs are in the city, right? So I mean, I'm not sure yeah, how much I, I should share, but <laughs> don't, yeah, don't tell stories out of school. But I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing like at D23 when they released the first artwork. It was it was a way different a zoo- story. It was a Zootopia kind of feel to it. Is how they there was oh, dinosaurs in so. suits, yeah, yeah. But yeah. and then there's two rewrites, and then the third one, just hey, that can't all be home runs. You know, sure, sure. my son likes it. He likes dinosaurs. It works. Sam Elliott's awesome in it. 
Yeah, it's great. They can't all be Ratatouille. I love Ratatouille. Ratatouille gets crapped on all the time. Uh, it's, I don't know uh, why. Man, it's yeah. gorgeous. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah, Patton Oswalt is wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. You put him in the lead character in anything. Courtney, how do you feel about Ratatouille? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you haven't seen Ratatouille. <laughs> it was um, my boyfriend and I, one of our first dates, so I need to rewatch it. <laughs> Go ahead. So this is my wallet. And that is in. Oh, so yeah, yeah. you're a D23 fan then. All right. And that was my, like, what do you want for Christmas last year? I was like, I just want that. <laughs> so, yeah, you and David come down to our house and we'll watch Ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you guys all based? Um, I'm south of Wilmington, North Carolina, and she's just north yeah. of Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, so you're both in North Carolina? Yep. Mm-hmm. Are you close, close enough that you can, can meet? And- we're about no. th- how far? Two hours up there, or two and a yeah, half? It's about, about two hours. Yeah, we've met for yeah. breakfast one time, so we're we're driving distance. Like, day and Courtney, do you freelance as well? Is that what you do? Yes, I'm an independent designer. Yeah, nice. And Courtney and I and my wife have a Sturdy Valley game we play every week together. <laughs> oh, really? Online? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's the awesome. co-op version. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Call it a Farm of Thrones. Game of, Game of Farms. Because we are really into Game of Thrones. Um, until this until the end. Oh. <laughs> We've heard things. Yeah. Endings are hard to pull off, I guess. Yeah. They are. Endings are yeah. Yeah. People made lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you guys write endings? Or do you start with the ending and then go backwards? Have you written the ending to win, Nicole? Well, we know how it ends. We know how it ends, yeah. but it's nothing special, really. This one's a funny one. So yeah. It doesn't have like. What about Fantasy? How did you write the ending of that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I knew because of where the story was going, how it should end, I guess. So that one was yeah. kind of early. Like, I knew early on what it was going to be. I think Dobbins, we sort of discovered the ending as we were making it, right? I, we were going to make it, I think, we, yeah, we were going to make it longer and have it end similarly, but. We ended up realizing this is where we need to actually finish. Yeah. Yeah. Because it probably could have kept going too. Yeah. A lot of people have wished that it did. <laughs> the one the one big criticism that that game gets is just it is it's short. too short. And it yeah. is. It is yeah. short. I think also the problem with the ending on that one and something we learned is it wasn't so much that it was a short experience. It was that people weren't satisfied when they finished it, that they, they weren't satisfied with the story. They didn't. They didn't feel, they felt surprised, I think, by the yeah, ending. Yeah, they didn't know the ending was coming. Yeah. So it felt like So I think if you lead into it a little better um, with the with the ending, I think when people know it's going to be the ending, they don't feel so shortchanged. So so what happened? Were you guys just like, this is where it needs to end? Or where when you were feeling it out, you were like, the U-turn was necessary? Or that quick left turn? Um. Well, the way it was written, um, we didn't just chop off the story. It, we actually, no, yeah, yeah. once we realized that it needed to end sooner, we we actually did rework the story to fit that. Um, but yeah, sorry, what was the, the question again? Well, so if you guys wrote the story, you, David said, you know, you kind of felt out where the, you didn't write the story with an ending in mind or you didn't, when you're doing the outline, you kind of felt it as you were going and yeah. it came to that end. But then after you released it, there were some folks that were like surprised that the ending was coming. Maybe they didn't feel there was a progression. So I was asking what you guys thought 
happened to the story that led to some people feeling like that? Were they just not paying attention? Did did something? Was there a quick left turn? Or I think it probably was. I think they probably were feeling like they were getting to where they wanted to be finally. Um, and so when they got there, it was just over, and they were like, "I didn't get to do. I didn't get to do anything." Right. Here. <laughs> you you could look at Doggins as if it's like the first act of a story. Yeah. And it, so it's almost like the game ends on the, at the end of the first act when something big just starts to happen. Yeah. Um, that's not how we intended it, but no, it could just, feel that way though. If you don't, yeah. 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 But I mean, you wrong. guys are. You guys are still happy with where it ended up, though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we're still I, fond I still of Doggins. Like yeah. yeah, it's it's rare for me to not hate looking at something I've made a few years later. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's something beautiful in ending. I think what you just said was a great way to is kind of beautiful. You get to where you want to be, and then it stops, because like that's so true in life a lot of the times and I think it's important in art for that to exist um, we have a friend Danielle Evans she makes food photography or food art like typography out of food mm-hmm. and then once that picture is taken and she's got it she destroys the thing and she said that's her favorite part <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like to create this thing that's beautiful and get it to where you want it and then it's gone because mm-hmm. it, only, it only needs to be there in that moment to capture it, to hold on to that memory, and then let it go. So as long as people aren't complaining about buying the game, I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and they're at least happy with where they ended up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah, always to the point experience. that they're always asking for more. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. If you left Doggins like hanging by his leash out of a window or something <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like, game over. <laughs> 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 then you would be terrible people and not right. have your, your third game at the moment. <laughs> but no, I saw that too in like Metacritic and different places like that. But you guys are smart and never check those things, right? <laughs> we do. We do to a point. I, we've, we start to get a, a thicker skin, I guess, as like it's hard when you first release it because not many people have played it yet. So it's like this is all really fresh. But I guess throughout the year the first year after the game is out we start to get like we know what people think at that point so yeah and we know what we made and yeah and we know who it's for it. more importantly and who it's not for yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because i'm sure there are people that are not hesitant to tell you how they feel about it. right yeah like i feel that 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 stretches across all industries like even yeah. nestled in the back at pixar you probably still got a lot of that feedback. <laughs> like, yeah, well, like I mean, a, cousin, a crazy cousin that wasn't happy with the movie calling you up and complaining about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, fortunately. But also, I, I was very, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a pretty small part of those movies, fortunately. But I, I bet the writers and directors took everything to heart, you know, a lot more. It's easy. That actually was an interesting difference between what I was doing then and now is that it was easy to have a, a level of separation like a buffer. Yeah, just because it wasn't so like it wasn't so personal to me because it wasn't my idea and I was just helping execute something mm. which is still meaningful but um and I still want the movies to be well and and people to like them but it wasn't personal if they didn't. Um Brooke, I know I've asked a lot of questions to David about Pixar because that's this Yeah. 
I can yeah. show you my whole office, just all the pictures. <laughs> but um, you said earlier too, like you were begging him to come and work on this with you and come and do this thing. <laughs> what were you doing before? Um, <clears throat> I was also doing uh, independent graphic design and web okay. development. So, yeah, just I, clients all over the place, or um, I was. I felt like I was still getting started, like pretty much until we started doing games. Um, I, I didn't enjoy that aspect of it so much. Um, I enjoyed so the work, no but not the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was very happy to, to have something, a place to, to tell stories and to be able to do more art than design, which yeah. I was a little afraid of, kind of like animation at the beginning. I just started doing illustration um, when we started Doggins, or at least focusing on illustration. Yeah, surely. Right. What do you do in your illustrations then? Um, I use Sketch. Okay. Um, used to be Illustrator, but I am not a fan of Adobe or the whole Creative Suite kind of yeah. pricing model. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. I haven't heard of a lot of people doing illustration in Sketch. Is there a lot of customization you've had to do to like make it work? Or um, well, not so much for illustration, but David's made plugins for me for animation. Um, okay. So I do all the animation in there as well. And he just has a plugin that hides and shows layers for me. So she can play her animation. Yeah, so I can test it. And look wow. At it. She, she was exporting all the frames to Photoshop and then assembling an animation in there. I was just... Which I still do for something more complicated. Sure. But it's, it, I don't have a good workflow. I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you use to animate in? Um, that's what I use. I use Sketch. <laughs> You use Sketch to do yeah, all of so, it. Well, so a lot of times I do a pencil test first, and sure. I've been doing that in Procreate um, now that I have an iPad Pro to use. Um, and I usually just bring those frames into, into Sketch and create it that way. Hmm. So <laughs> this will probably be an off-air question. I'll edit it out. But I'm just like, how much... How much can I buy those plugins from? So I could get rid of Adobe. I'd be rid of Adobe so fast. I think so there's really even cool. someone's made a um, timeline plugin yeah, for which Sketch. Yeah, like what I did, but way above. Yeah, wow. it's a, for some reason it's a subscription model, but so that's why we haven't bought it. But um, it might be worth yeah. Looking at what, what is it called? Timeline. Sketch I have timeline? to look. I can send it to you later. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. yeah, I'll put it in the show notes when you send it to me. Cool. Man, that's really cool. Yeah, so not only are you guys coming up with your own workflow and trying to make it work, but now you just just make the tools yourself. Mm -hmm. Just do it that way, yeah. I would love to do more of that. It's just not much time for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for things like that that really speed your workflow up, it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you guys gone to Galaxy's Edge yet? Our friends have. Are you and still friends with him? <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. I won't give you any of his comments because okay. you have to just see it for yourself. Did he? Will you? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> just, just positive or negative? Uh, I'm, nope. I'm not going to tell her anything. Nope. <laughs> but I will say he said it was the detail was unbelievable. Okay. I mean, like out of this world detail. Yeah. So you'll be wide eyed, I'm sure. Yeah. Did he go to land or world? Land. Okay. See, my kids have season passes to Disney World. Ah. My parents live in Florida. Uh-huh. And so they get them, uh, I guess for that, they could get them passes for it. 
when they came down there. But as for me and my wife, it's just like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Come down for the Halloween party. You can't get in for the rest of it. <laughs> um, so we know you're working on the new game, but is there anything else you're working on that you guys would like to, to plug and have people check out? I think we covered everything, right? I think so. Everything yeah, I mean, that we can projects, show. But nothing to talk about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I guess if we were to plug something, we've got a Patreon. And so if people want okay. to to see more of behind the scenes and also a little bit about projects that we haven't talked about publicly, they can back us on Patreon or whatever they call it. What do you call it on Patreon? It's not back. Become a patron. Become a, they can become a patron. Patreon.com slash brain So we can find, find you on there. Where else can people find you guys online? Um, on Twitter, we have a, a long, um, we have brain underscore and underscore brain. Nice. <laughs> brain yep. and brain was taken. He's another Star Trek fan. And brainandbrain.co <laughs> is our main site. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's been really fun. I listen back to these podcasts. I'm just like, why can't I think of anything to say? But that's why am I expecting that I have more ability than I usually would? I mean, this is how I would usually act. <laughs> like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time to take an improv class. <laughs> yes. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do not disagree with Zach. Wait. No. <laughs> Crap. I just disagreed with you. I'm supposed to yes. And you. Uh, improv. Um, so yeah, that was our conversation with brain and brain, Brooke and David. You know, I never asked him how to pronounce their last name. You want to take a stab at it? Candelora. <laughs> I think that's right. I think they'd appreciate that. <laughs> I'll go with that. I never asked them, but they were really cool. And I yeah. feel bad about never asking them. We're Maybe on a first can... name basis. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, this has been Creatoring. Uh, do you have anything coming up that you want to share with everybody? Um, no. No. We can cut this out. <laughs> um, so, do you? Well, just that Die by the Sea, the hand-dyed textile bag shibori thing that i'm starting is on etsy and i have a new logo for it for i have a new logo for it from Hoodspa. the hood sisters made a logo Woo-hoo. for it and it's really cool it's beautiful. Um, hopefully i'll have more links and better pictures of those up soon but um yeah thank you guys for joining us our theme song was everything went quiet and i was eight again by cat beats you can find more of their music on catbeats.life and it will make you grow wings and fly but not too close to the sun because then you would fall to the ground and be embarrassed and uh you can find us on instagram at creatoring and not on twitter so Thanks yeah. again. We talked a lot about reviews today. Ooh, yeah, good point. Yeah, we want to know what you have 
or to say or think only good mm-hmm. things about our podcast. <laughs> What's your favorite part? What do you want to see more of? Well, I guess if you want to see more of something, send us a message. But what's your favorite yeah. part? Uh, we want to know what you think. And, uh, you know, those five-star reviews on iTunes don't hurt. It helps people find us. Mm-hmm. And so those would be nice, too. But, uh, yeah, thanks. And we'll see you soon. Oh, we do want to try our new tagline we talked about. <laughs> and Cut. remember, yeah. we don't know what we're doing. Brain and brain, pretty rad, right? Yeah, they were a lot of fun. This is the outro. Oh, this is the outro now. Let's do the intro first. Uh, What do we talk about?